Shabbat Shalom, everyone. On the uh, 12th of April in 1945, the uh, Supreme Commander of the uh, Allied Armies, his name was, you know who it was, it was Dwight Eisenhower, who would later go on to become a sitting president for two terms. Eisenhower visited a, um, an area, a camp called Ordruf. Ordruf was a sub-camp of Buchenwald. And uh, famously, as history records it on that day, he went there in part to do two things. One, he ordered all the residents of the local town to make their way into Ordruf to clean up the, uh, the camp and to properly bury the remains of the people who were murdered there, who were just left strewn about. At the same time, Eisenhower also ordered that the substantial news operation that followed the Allied operation in Europe, newspaper reporters, cameramen, photographers, that they too were called to be present. And of the events that took place on that day in April in 1945 in a camp called Ordruf, it is amongst the most well-documented of all the events that took place surrounding the Jews in Europe, what we now know to be the Shoah, the Holocaust. Later on, Eisenhower was asked why he did that, which is a reasonable question to ask. After all, he was a real important guy, supreme commander of the Allied forces in Europe, certainly had many busy things to do over the course of a day, and yet he got himself on a plane and then got himself on a jeep to make his way to Ordruf for the day. Think about it. He planned the day to go there. And they asked him why he went. And he said, because years from now, people will come back and say this never happened. And I want it all recorded. Of course, he had no self-interest in it. The fact of the matter is, from that moment, give or take a few weeks, certainly, but let's roughly say around that season, began the great enterprising question that emerges from the Shoah, from the Holocaust, that has occupied, at the very least, the imaginations of three generations of Jews. And that is the project of remembering what happened. I mean, you think about all of the trade words that we use. Expressions such as never again. The prospects of twinning children with the memories of children who were passed away for their bar and bat mitzvah celebrations. It goes on and on. No trip to Israel is considered to be complete or appropriate without a moment's pause at the very least at Yad Vashem. And so the project, and there are many questions that emerge from the question of how this is to be remembered. How do you remember these things? What is the meaning of remembering? I'm not going to give treatment to any of those questions. I want to deal with one, actually. And that is, when do you remember? And the reason why I ask the question is because even the idea of when you remember on a national level, on a collective level, when do you remember this? is not the subject of agreement. This past week was the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. 
which dovetails with the liberation of Auschwitz. There was an event to be taking place in Auschwitz this past week. Our beloved cantor, Chazen Moses, was there with a delegation from Mexico. And the religious community, in particular the ultra-Orthodox community, they have their own day as well. It is Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of Av, which is the great fast day in the Jewish calendar. It's the only rabbinic fast day that lasts 25 hours. Of course, the biblical fast of Yom Kippur is 25 hours. It's of biblical origin. The ancient rabbis, all the other fast days that they mandated, of which there are not a small number of them, they're all sunrise to sunset. But Tisha B'Av, because of the enormity of the, of the catastrophes that it represents, the destructions of the First and Second Temple, and a slew of other horrific moments that occurred in Jewish history, they argued it should be on the level of a biblical fast day. And so in the ultra-Orthodox ultra communities, they view Tisha B'Av as the appropriate day that, that the Shoah, the Holocaust, should be commemorated and remembered. And then, of course, from a Zionist perspective, neither the International Holocaust Remembrance Day of this past week nor Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of Av, are the appropriate moment to remember the Shoah. From the Zionist perspective, when should the Shoah be commemorated? On a day called Yom HaShoah. Yom HaShoah and the Zionist project was deeply connected, of course, to, the, to the, what would follow, which would be Yom HaZikaron, the day, the memorial day of those who had fallen in defense of the state of Israel, and then Yom HaAtzma'ut, Israel Independence Day. And so maybe the thought question I could share with all of you in this morning is, which day is the right day? Seems to be no shortage of them. And when you actually consider what each of those days represent, and why they were chosen to be the days that they are, perhaps we can determine and tease out which day might be the most appropriate for us to pause on a collective level. Which day is the most appropriate day? Because don't forget that when you choose the day to remember something, it's not an arbitrary consideration. The day that you choose to do something is laden both with emotional, political, and meaningful ideas. So why would people choose the International Holocaust Remembrance Day to be the liberation of Auschwitz? It's a good question. Why that? And it seems to me that it's the emphasis on the symbolism of Auschwitz. That Auschwitz was viewed to be as the great symbol of the Nazi death machine which is all very true, by the way. But the notoriety and, and horrific elements of the Shoah extend far beyond what took place at Auschwitz. Treblinka, I mean, if you're rating things, you never should, by the way. But Treblinka is a place of equal horror. But Auschwitz was chosen as the International Holocaust Remembrance Day because of the Allied liberation of it, the fact that it was remained amongst all the other camps probably the most intact 
and it gave the world the recognition because the Allies liberated it that they had intervened and stopped something. Of course, on a religious level, Tisha B'Av, that's the viewpoint that the ninth day of Av would be the moment to commemorate all the horrible things that happened to the Jews. But I want to make an argument as to why Yom HaShoah on the Zionist calendar, on the national Israeli calendar, is the most appropriate day to remember it. That in the competition between all these dates, that Yom HaShoah is the most appropriate of times. And the echo of the reason and the answer as to why, I think emerges in part from the Torah portion that we read this morning. Think about what happened last week. The Israelites who leave Egypt are brought to the bottom of Mount Sinai to receive those Ten Commandments. This week in the Torah portion, we read nothing of miracles and parting of waters. There is no heavenly voice coming from the top of the mountain declaring what the laws should be. This morning in the Torah portion, it is the longest of Torah portions. It is an exhaustive list of laws. One thing after another. Do this and don't do that. Don't do that, but do this. Laws that, when you look at it, might seem to be absolutely anachronistic to you. What happens if your ox goes out and gores a human being? What if you dig a hole and someone happens to fall into it? What if you light a fire and you don't put the fire out and it burns down your neighbor's cornfield? It goes on and on and on. But the argument that the Torah portion is making this week is that the identity of a people is not created by myths and stories. That the identity of what it means to create a society is formed by laws. How people learn to live with each other. And the reason why this Torah portion follows the mythical, enormous, fantastical events of the parting of the seas and Moses going to the mountain and God talking from the mountain and giving the Ten Commandments is because the point of all that was was to form a people, not to create a story, but to make a people a people that would set roots, a people that would have generationality to it, a people that would sprout and grow into something dynamic and forceful in the world. That was the point of what this Torah portion is telling us. Stories wither, laws hold. In the Warsaw Ghetto, there was a ring of people, of culturalists, of writers and intellectuals by the name of Oynig Shabbos, led by, amongst others, the famed poet Sutzkever and Ringelblum. They stuffed the, the, peep, the papers that they wrote, the poems and history and essays, they stuffed them into cans and they buried them in the ground. And one of the leaders of this group was also the famed historian Simon Dubnov. And at the very last moments when the Warsaw Ghetto was in its collapsing stages, Dubnov stood in front of his fellow writers and intellectuals and he said to them, Hevra, my brothers, write it all down. Write it all down. 
But the question we need to ask ourselves is, who was he writing it for? Was it the thought that after they were carted away to the death camps, that Dubnov thought that the rest of the world would discover these cans and remember the history and the story of what took place there? I don't think so. Because he lived in a world surrounded by indifference by the rest of the world. The world didn't care. So what was the point of him writing things down for the world to see? Dubinov commanded people to write things down because he followed a long line of successive generations of Jews who believed that we write things down, we remember, and we tell the stories over and over again, not for the rest of the world, but because of the abiding, undying belief that there will be Jews who come after us who will need the inspiration to build on. We remember those who passed away in the horrible moments of the Shoah, not for the morbidity tales of tragedy, but because their memories give us strength to continue building what they dreamt of. Shabbat Shalom.